0: Beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace and who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, you sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy. For in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people, he has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
1: Thanks be to
2: Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will pre- prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased." And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beast, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee. Proclaiming the good news of God, saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. I believe in God the Father
1: Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord,
3: who was conceived by the power.
4: And defend us from all perils and dangers of this night with the love of thine only Son, Our Savior Jesus Christ.
2: Please note that immediately following this service, uh, we do have a light supper that we'll be serving in our Cathedral Hall. Um, It is soup, salad, and bread. And so if you would like to join us for that, please feel free to join us. Um, And it is in the Cathedral Hall, you can just sort of follow the crowd uh, and there'll be people to direct you if you don't know exactly where you're going. But please know that you are welcome to join us for that this evening. And then following our supper, Uh, we will be having our formation classes this evening and this evening we're beginning the study of a book uh, entitled The Language of White Racism uh, by Jan Hill and so uh, that will be facilitated this evening and so I invite all of you to come and stay for that and participate in that book study Um, and so that's what's going on this evening and now we're delighted to have Arthur Williams, uh, the Bishop, uh, suffragan retired of uh, the Diocese of Ohio and now serves as an acting bishop and so still gets to come and visit the churches. And it's great, it's always great to have him uh, at Trinity. And so he will be our homeless this evening. So welcome.
3: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. The last time I stood at this pulpit during Evensong was late last year in October, and on that occasion, I spoke about St. Luke and why his gospel was my favorite of the four. Today, I turn my thoughts and comments to another evangelist, St. Mark, and his gospel, And I promise not to say that his gospel is my favorite. Before scholars began to study the Bible, readers of scripture for a very long time believed that the four gospels were written in chronological order as they were gathered together in the fourth century. First Matthew, then Mark, then Luke, and most recently, John. Not so. Mark's gospel is the oldest written down, some say as early as 70 AD. Studies to indicate that Mark's story of Jesus was in circulation and was being read throughout the then Christian community and in fact, the other Gospels, Matthew, Luke, and John, had access to it and read Mark's account as they wrote down theirs or even before. It's interesting, I didn't do this study, but it's interesting, that in the 16 chapters of Mark, which is the, cho- the shortest of the four 600 of the verses that are in Luke are in Mark. And 350 of the verses in Luke are in Mark. Somebody described the 16 chapters of Mark as the bare-bones gospel of Jesus. It contains the fewest actual words of our Lord. It includes a few of Jesus' parables and seems to be largely a series of narratives about Jesus, the Son of God, all joined together by words described as Jesus' constant movement. Mark's favorite word in the gospel seems to be immediately, or at once, or then. Characteristically, he uses this word over 40 times throughout his 16 chapters. I remember one of the many biographies, films about Jesus has one in which Jesus always seems to be running ahead of the apostles with a head over his shoulder like that, and they're all kind of trying to keep up. Kind of catches some of the spirit of Mark, I think. You heard the beginning of Mark tonight. The the Gospel begins, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And this is Mark's theme throughout his book, the presentation of, of the mighty acts of Jesus so everyone can know and see the presence of God in the presence of God's kingdom. But what is unique? What is unique about Mark's gospel is the way it begins and the way it ends. If you're looking for stories about Jesus' birth, singing angels, and shepherds abiding with their flocks by night. You won't look at Mark because you won't find it. Take a look at Luke. Stories of the visit of the Magi and the genealogy of Jesus are found in Matthew, but not in Luke. And John, of course, tells the whole story about Jesus' beginning in Greek thoughts about word and logos, and finally says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. As I say, no birth stories in Mark. Mark immediately, as you heard earlier tonight, moves immediately to Jesus' as an adult being baptized. So Mark's gospel begins in a unique way. And as it begins in a unique way, it ends in a unique way. Listen to the summary of the words at the end of the gospel of Mark. Early in the morning, Mary, the mother of James, Salome, and Mary Magdalene, went to the tomb on the first day of the week with spices to anoint Jesus' body. The stone had already been rolled aside. A young man in a white robe told him that Jesus was not there. He had already been raised. He gave one direction, go tell the disciples, He has gone before them to Galilee. And then it says, the women fled from the tomb in terror and amazement, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. End of the gospel, according to Mark. That's the way all the earliest manuscripts of Mark's gospel end. All the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus appearing to Mary and later to his apostles behind closed doors and having dinner with his apostles, the ascension, are all in Matthew, Luke, and John, and not in Mark. Now this made some early Christians very nervous, and so they added the ending that you now see in some versions of the Bible because they really were more comfortable with Jesus moving around after his resurrection. When the King James Version was printed, those editions were added to Mark's version. So there were a long, for a long time, There were questions about why would Mark so convinced of who Jesus was? Why would he end his story at that point? Some say simply that he died. Others say that the manuscript got mutilated. But whatever it was, that's the way it is. So, a bit about the gospel. What about the writer named Mark? We first, first hear about him in when he was really a teenager. During Jesus' ministry, Mark lived with a woman who was part of the inner circle of Jesus, a woman named Mary. And it seems that that she was the mother of Mark. As a young man, Mark joined Paul and Barnabas on the first missionary journey. And then for some reason, Paul and Barnabas got into an unresolved argument because Mark decided he wasn't going to continue on on the journey, and he wanted to go back to Jerusalem. And that's exactly what he did. So on the next journey, Paul decided to go without Mark. Whatever the reason, it didn't satisfy Paul, and there seemed to be a space between him and Mark. We went on his long three-year journey alone. We don't hear anything more about Mark until about 10 years later, where tradition tells us that Mark became a companion to Peter and was with him before and after Peter's visit to Rome. And some scholars believe that as Mark, then in his 50s, When he wrote his second gospel, he relied heavily on Peter's words and sermons about the life and ministry of Jesus. Later on in Mark's life, he was drawn to be a uh, missionary on his own. And so he went off to Alexandria and there. He founded the Christian church on that continent. And that church exists to this very day. Mostly 22 million Christians or so gathered in Egypt. And when we read in the newspapers today of the bombing of churches and the killing of Christians, that is the Coptic church, which traces its roots back to Mark. Another story of interest that I found about Mark was that some merchants of Venice went to Egypt and took his relics, hid them on a boat, took them to Venice, and there those relics were placed and a great basilica was, bit, was, was built. So Mark's reputation was spread to a place that he never visited. So today, friends, having heard all that, we give thanks to John Mark, an evangelist and writer of our second gospel, a companion to Paul, and Barnabas, and Peter, and a missionary in his own right and founder of the church in Africa. He wrote down his gospel at a time when it was looking like the eyewitnesses to the resurrection would be murdered and persecuted by the powers of Rome. So, indeed we join again in the words we sang as we began this even song, and we praise and sing for Mark. O oh Lord, we praise you. The weak by grace made strong. His witness in His gospel becomes our victor of song. May we in all our weakness become your power, receive your power divine, and all of us as faithful branches grow strong in you.
2: Jesus, divine companion give us strength to understand and eyes to see as you teach us to walk the soft earth related to all that lives. Amen. Amen. God our deliverer, by water and the Holy Spirit we have been buried with Christ and raised to the new life of grace. Give us, inquiring and discerning hearts, the courage and will to persevere, a spirit to know and to love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. Amen. Amen. God of steadfast love, turn our hearts to you, that we may once again delight in your goodness and rejoice in the good news of the risen Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. And now as we pray together, dear God, thank Thank you for all that is
1: good, for our creation and our humanity, for the stewardship you
3: have given us of this time
1: and earth, for the gifts of life and of one another, for your love which is in and eternal, O most holy and beloved,
4: our companion, our guide on the way, our bright evening star. Amen.
1: Let us bless the Lord. Let us to God.
3: Go forth from this place in peace. Hold fast that which is good. Love and serve the Lord with gladness and singleness of heart. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and your loved ones now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.